Hey everybody, this is your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode number 76 of the Langpreneur podcast. Guys, how are you doing today? Um, you know, whenever I run out of topics to uh, to talk about on the podcast, yeah, I always ask our audience, our listeners, if they have any ideas. And, you know, some of the feedback that I've received lately is um, that people really enjoy these interviews with well-established Langpreneurs, but... You know, sometimes, especially for those who are, you know, haven't been, uh, haven't been on this langpreneur journey for a long time. You know, many people can often relate to people who are in the middle of a process of becoming a langpreneur. So, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to one of our listeners, a loyal, loyal fan of of the show. His name is Phil Schiller, and uh, yeah, Phil has been supporting us since we started the Langpreneur podcast. I think it was only after the first or third. Uh, the second or the third episode that I received emails from Phil um, saying that he really enjoyed what we do here at the podcast. And uh, Phil has also joined the online workshop that we gave last year. Um, he was also enrolled in our language accelerator program. And, you know, I thought what could be useful for many of you is to, um, if I actually do an interview with Phil and talk about some of the things that he has learned on the Langpreneur journey so far. So in today's episode, we're really going to talk about, you know, working as a teacher for a school to working as a, as a freelance teacher and then also how you can become a, a Langpreneur if you are a freelance teacher. Because if, you, if you're a freelancer, then you're a freelancer, right? That's not, that's not a business. It's not a, a solid business that, that can, you know, that can run without you on autopilot and, that's what we're trying to do here at Langpreneur. We're trying to show people how they can build a business that's that's both scalable and that can run on autopilot as well, right? So we're going to talk about that process as well. The process from working as a teacher for a language school to becoming a freelance teacher to becoming a Langpreneur. And we're going to learn everything that Phil has learned on this journey so far. I hope you're going to enjoy this. I think if you are, if you are a language teacher... This is, um, yeah, you can probably relate to this story and you're going to get some uh, useful insights. So keep listening. Let's get started. This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey Phil, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Well, thanks for having me. This is a very exciting, of course, um, to have this opportunity. Um, so I am, um, well, I started teaching English in uh, 2015. I decided to become an English teacher because it was a easy way to increase my salary here in Switzerland. Um, I didn't really have a profession beforehand. I just kind of did odd jobs here and there. And then, um, well, I wanted to start a family, so I needed something that would bring me more income, and English uh, seemed to be a very easy way to uh, to do that, to just get a teaching, a CELTA degree in one month, and then start teaching English. So that's that's what I did to start off. Um, but after two years, I realized like I, I wasn't happy 
teaching in language schools anymore. Um, I became increasingly frustrated um, because of the uh, the repetition of kind of what I was doing, teaching in these advanced courses and, you know, teaching frustrated students who just wanted to speak. But, you know, that's not what we focused on. We focused a lot on learning and going through the textbooks and um, I just realized it wasn't who I was, mm. so I didn't feel it, it was fair um, to sit in the classroom when I was frustrated teaching frustrated people <laughs> how to learn the language. So um, I decided to, well, actually, what, what, what originally started my idea to become or to start my own business was I just asked all my students what what they wanted, which is what teachers usually do in the classroom. They do like a needs analysis. And I would say 95% of those people said they wanted to speak English. And I would say maybe half of those people didn't even want to be in the classroom, but couldn't find any other possibilities or opportunities to learn English any other way. And that kind of, so after hearing that for a year, I decided, so what's there to lose? I'm just going to make a uh, a simple website, see uh, and see what happens, and yeah. that kind of started the journey. Yeah, and you. So the people were your students were saying that they wanted more speaking practice, right? Um, it was actually the students saying that they just wanted to be able to speak. Okay, and, okay, okay. And and I, like my advice just kept on being, well, find opportunities to practice. Yeah. Um, so, of course, I would try and give those opportunities to the students. Um, and I would always reserve like 15 minutes before every class to just talk and, you know, catch up, talk about life, whatever's on their minds. And that really became my favorite part of of, of, of the class. Yeah. Um, but it always felt annoying to have to cut that off because, well, you know, now we have to get through the material and the course book. And so, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so after telling a lot of students, to get practice, I felt like, well, maybe I should offer that practice. <laughs> exactly. So you launched that website. Mm -hmm. um, did you launch that website while you were still working as a teacher? And uh, yeah, tell us a bit about that transition. Yeah. Um, so I I started a website. I, I looked at what was what was um, available. I chose Vix um, and. Uh, and made a website while I was teaching, of course. I mean, teaching was my was my main income um, for that time. So it was a, a side hustle, basically. And then through the website, of course, I wanted to make it better. And I wanted to find out, you know, like, well, what, what is a website? What should it even do? What should it say? And all that. And then I really got into entrepreneurship and uh, started finding podcasts on entrepreneurship um, and started listening to those and started kind of focusing a little bit more on on developing some kind of a strategy to grow my business. Um, but it was a side hustle for a long time, actually up until the beginning of last year, where I, I finally decided to uh, go all in on, on my business and quit all my schools because I felt like I could probably fill those hours with, with my own clients. Yeah. So how do you find your own, your own students? Did they find you through the website or was it word of mouth? No, it was... I mean, when I started my website, Vix um, kind of takes you through these, these oh, steps. Vix. Yeah. Yeah. So Vix, Vix takes you through these steps, how to, uh, you know, connect to Google. And so I kind of followed those. And so my focus really became uh, Vix and Google. Those were my, because that's yeah 
yeah, that's what I I, uh, I felt like I had. I, I understood, actually. That's what I understood. Um, and through Google, just setting that up. And then I got my first client through Google. And I was like, whoa, this actually works. Yeah. Um, and I started researching a little bit more into how Google Ads works and 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 website yeah website building. So just for our listeners, you are based in Zurich. Uh, you are mm-hmm. native English speaker. Um, yeah. Do you think that you know being in Zurich as a native English speaker in Switzerland, a country where wages are very high, people have a lot of purchase power? Do you think that mm-hmm. that has been uh, beneficial for the business? Um, that's a good question. I think, I mean, when I first started and I made my website, my prices were, uh, way too low. I think I charged, I don't know, maybe like 40, I think my first price was like 50 bucks an hour. Um, which is what I was, uh, no. So that's 50 francs. Oh, I don't know how much that is in in us now. Um, but that was basically what I was earning at a language school. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit of a frustrating wage at a language school because of all the work that teachers have to do outside of the classroom. So I felt um, uh, once I got my first couple of students, I, I, I decided to increase the price because I just felt like I was doing <laughs> the same yeah. the same work for the same money. Um, and But I do think that because people, uh, how do you say, like the people when they pay for services, there's a, a, a an average salary that they pay yeah. people who, who offer services so i think because of that is kind of high or yeah. higher than i was earning than a teacher it was possible for me to yeah. to start earning money off that quite early on yeah. yeah yeah i mean so being able to charge higher wages is is one thing i mean you live in switzerland you live there so your your living expenses are also higher right oh super um, high yeah <laughs> but uh, what about being in zurich as a as a native english speaker and also mm-hmm. do you think that has helped like did were most of your students who sign up from from the local area? Yes, absolutely. Um, when I first started my my business, my focus was um, well. I kind of did a little bit of market research, and you know, I saw that of course there's a billion options online where people can learn languages online. So I felt what I wanted to do was offer services to local people, which is um, what I focused on. So I also focused all my Google ads. Um, location-based ads, so I focused everything just on on Zurich, actually, yeah, um, because I wanted to meet people face to face. I didn't want to do it online. Um, I felt there was more more uh, that I could teach better or help people better if I did it face to face versus online. So I did very much focus on the local market. Yeah, just for uh, our, uh, just for our audience, could you maybe explain how Google Ads work? Sure. I mean. Um, Google Ads. I mean, there's different there's different ways that I that um, or how should I say this? When I when I set myself up on Google, I just made sure that I did all the Google things. So I did uh, Google my business. I did uh, using just my home address as my location, um, and Google Ads basically allows you to through keywords and um, yes, kind of I guess connect keywords to what it is that you offer to your service. That's how I understand it, yeah. uh, connecting keywords to your service. So that's basically what I did. And from early on, I, I, I felt like I'm offering English conversation, um, uh, English conversation practice. And so that that's those are the keywords that I used. Yeah. So you pay for Google Ads, and that means that if somebody in your area, in the Zurich area, 
searches for conversation practice Zurich, for example, or exactly. English teacher Zurich, then you are on top of uh, on Google. Yeah, I mean, in English, my, my keywords were, were basically English conversation, English conversation practice, um, English conversation teacher, anything, everything with English conversation. And I also, um, and that really worked because I'd ask all my clients who found me, how did you find me? And they said, I typed in English conversation and there, and there you were. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how, how that how that started. Mm -hmm. Phil, you have been following the Langpreneur podcast from day one. Uh, yes. I think I, re I remember, you know, getting your emails after the first one or two episodes, <laughs> like, oh, actually, yes. people are listening to this thing. Um, Phil, I didn't know who you were, but yeah, that was very encouraging. So thanks for encour encouraging me and uh, supporting Langpreneur all the way from the beginning. Um, you've Absolutely. listened to all the podcast episodes. You took part in our uh, online workshop that we did last year, mm -hmm. Langpreneur Business mm -hmm. Breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Also in our, also in our um, Langpreneur Accelerator, our group coaching program, you've yeah. talked, you've got to know lots of other Langpreneurs. Yeah. You've learned lots of things. Tell us a little bit about the, um, what's the number one lesson that you've learned last year? Number one lesson that I've learned last about year. About your business a... or about online business in general. <laughs> the number one thing, that's a very good question. Um, I think it's hard for me to, to think of just one thing because there have been so many things that I've learned uh, last year, um, especially because it was my first year um, of being completely self-employed. I think the number one thing I learned is to, or for me it was that I had to make a decision and I had to make a choice that even though I have a family and you know I'm starting a business, I. Um, I think the, the one thing that really pushed me to achieve everything that I've achieved so far last year is to have a strong why. Um, I always knew why I wanted to do this um, for myself. And I think that pushed me to want to be better myself and invest in myself. And that is why I got so excited when I found Langpreneur because I felt like it was the, the first time that I had found a community of people in entrepreneurship that focused exactly on the business that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I felt that um, the only way that I can grow my business is to invest in myself. And, uh, and that's why I decided to join Lampreneur. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the one lesson that I'm also going to try and, and, and be better at this year is invest in myself. Yeah. Because yeah, so most teachers just do what they do, which is teaching, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to grow a business, it's, it's not enough. You need to do something more than just teaching, right? Yeah. I mean, um, why, do, you know, why do you think most teachers don't make any progress? And what do you think they should do in order to grow mm -hmm. the business? And what are some of the things that you are working on? Yeah, um, I think... Um, well, you know, the teacher's life can be quite comfortable. I think teachers, um, I mean, this is, I can't speak for all teachers, of course, but I felt that I as a teacher and the teachers that I would speak to, you know, you get comfortable teaching in a teaching job. You know, the course book gives you everything that you need to do. And, um, but I felt very uncomfortable doing that. And some teachers kind of accept to live in that comfort. Some, some 
teachers want to challenge themselves in different ways and, and at a school that can be very limiting and um, but it can be a scary thing to kind of leave that comfort zone um, and challenging your comfort zone is something that I recommend anyone does who who feels frustrated um, you know or stuck in a place where they feel like they can't get out of it's usually you know challenge that comfort zone try something what's what's there what's there to lose yeah uh, so that's what I would tell a lot of teachers to do who might even in today's situation feel frustrated or stuck or helpless. It's, you know, just give it a go. So what, what do you mean by just, just give it a go? What do they need to do in your opinion? What, what are you going to do to grow your business, for example? Um, well, I'm going to actually do uh, what you told me to do, <laughs> which is to invest or to stick with, with what's been working best. Um, and, um, I had to realize that, you know, I've gotten all my clients through Google and, uh, I've spent, you know, enormous amounts of, of time on my website. Those are like my two main focuses. So that's what I'm going to do to grow my business is focus on, um, making sure that, that the money that I invest in Google is, is, um, used, how do you say is, um, used to its full potential. So yeah. I'm going to invest in that by getting a, uh, an agency to help me kind of optimize my SEO mm -hmm. um, and make sure that I'm that I'm set up correctly because yeah. I kind of realized like all my clients that I've I've had I've like everything I've done I've done by myself I've uh, apart from Langpreneur of course but um, everything that I've done I've done by myself I've set up Google by myself and I've never had any kind of professional help so um, it just made so much sense to to get outside help. Yeah, I guess the key is to to block a few hours off every single week where you where you focus on growth, right? So yeah, for, absolutely. So for some people, it could be. I mean, in your case, it could be doubling down on on what has been working, which is running ads, for example. And for other people, it can be. Um, and then I'll be like very consistently put out content, right? Content marketing on YouTube or on Instagram. Or for me, it's doing these podcast interviews. It's about creating business systems or, mm -hmm. or, or processes within the business, hiring people, growth, all that kind of and stuff, right? And, and, and yeah, sorry. That's all, but you need to have a vision, a vision first. First, you need to know where you want to go. Correct. And, and I think you just said a lot there that, um, so yes, I think the vision, I, I clearly have a vision of, of where I'd like to go. And I realized now, just as you listed all of those things related to growth, each one of those things uh, I feel is outside of my comfort zone. So, you know, putting out content consistently, um, um, setting up a structured kind of work ethic for myself, um, putting out, what did I say, content, writing, and anything that involves me uh, leaving my comfort zone is really challenging for me. So um, that's something that is my biggest challenge is actually just to get start doing those things outside of my my own comfort zone, which is what I challenge my students to do all the time. So yeah. it's a little bit hypocritical not to do it myself. Yeah. So how do people get out of that out of that comfort zone? You talked about having a why. Is 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 that enough? Are there any other yes. tricks? Um, I think it's. Um, Yes, the why is definitely, you know, it's it's definitely a huge motivation for me. I feel like that there, 
Um, a lot of people who are frustrated for the wrong reasons. They think that they're bad learners. They think languages are not for them. But um, I've experienced it myself in language schools that it's just practice that's missing. And I felt like um, I wanted to help those people. And I feel I do have this personality that I enjoy helping people. And, and that's why it feels so, it gives me such a positive feeling to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, it just really satisfies me. And I felt like... Uh, if I can do something I love, that's that's the biggest gift I can give myself. Yeah. So you, you said that you're going to focus, this year you're going to focus on, on ads, right? Because that's the one thing that has been working very well for your business so far. Um, I mean, yeah, ads can work. They can also not work. It's also not really sure for how long they work. Have you also thought about a backup plan or maybe, um, you know, doing some things or creating something that could lead to... Um, like long term, like something that works in the long term, like organic organic growth, for example. Exactly. Term. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And that's also something that um, I was inspired by by the community and Langpreneurs to, um, or it, it is to see how you can't put all your eggs in one basket. I think I've heard that a few times in the podcast as well. And Google Ads has been working for me, but um, just to rely on that is is not a good idea. And that's why. I'm now also challenging myself and going outside my comfort zone and trying to make content. Because yeah. um, I always, I, I realized, like, I trust people. You know, I, I, I realized that I haven't been focusing very much on making myself the expert at what I do. I focus a lot on, on how the benefits that the clients, you know, can have from working with me. But I don't feel like I do a good job convincing people, you know, that I'm the one who knows knows your problem best and I feel like my solution uh, or basically that I'm the one who knows your problem best um, and so that's the reason why I've I've started now to just make videos every Friday you know I set myself a goal every Friday even if I have no time or if I schedule too little time my goal is to just produce and create something on yeah. Friday and I've done it now four times and it's been absolutely amazing um, the you, experience have you published the videos already yes they're online so I, I do like the the video plus the blog post so I, I kind of make a video a short video maybe three three minutes uh, so far um, and then I, I expand on on the topic in a blog post so that's that's kind of what I've chosen to do that's great so the aim of the videos is to well of course add value to your well to your existing audience but also as a way to attract a new audience and of course, also show that you know your thing and that you're the the guy to go to for anybody who wants to yeah to improve their English, especially if if they are in in your region, right? Absolutely, and and I realized like making myself an expert in something is makes me very uncomfortable. Um, maybe because I just don't feel like I am the expert, um, but I've actually had to reflect on that and say no, I I. I feel that I'm good at what I do. So if I feel that I'm good at what I do, then I can also call myself an expert in, in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now that I've kind of felt comfortable with, with being the expert, I feel comfortable with, with telling people that I am an expert in, yeah. in, in what I do. Yeah. Um, hence the, the decision to kind of start creating content. Yeah. I also think like if people say, yeah, but I am not an expert. I, th- I think it also depends on, like, do you, do you have a niche? Like, without Langpreneur, I am not an expert. Without, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if maybe you just need to narrow down more if you're not the expert yet. Like, for example, in your case, if you say I'm an English teacher, but I'm not an expert, there are many people who are better at teaching English than me, so I'm therefore I'm not an expert. You know that that makes sense. But if you say I am a native English speaker living in Zurich and I focus on conversation, so and I have this very specific approach. Like mm-hmm. that niche is, is so narrow that automatically you're the expert because nobody else is doing that, right? I think that's very well, very well put. Absolutely. Um, if you know, I wouldn't say that I'm the best English teacher in the world, so I'm definitely not an expert in in that. I'm sure there's better people, or I don't know, you know. But um, you're right. Like I feel that in my niche, which is providing people, you know, the opportunity to practice their English um, in a safe environment challenging their comfort zone like i know how to do that well and um and so i can definitely feel comfortable calling myself an expert in that but i definitely didn't feel that when i first started and i definitely didn't feel that the whole of last year has really came to me the last uh, over the christmas holidays mm. where um i felt like well that's that's what i should talk about that's what i should create my content about and yeah. start start there and are you comfortable to niching down even further and say I only focus on, on, on Swiss people, on German, because you speak fluent German or uh, Swiss yeah. German. Um, like, are you, you comfortable to niche down even further or you still have some? No, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely comfortable doing that, um, especially after the last uh, coaching or mastermind session that we had in our group. Uh, yes, I think um, it is a huge plus and people enjoy the fact that I speak their language, that I speak Swiss German and that, you know, in the worst case, I can uh, whip out my Swiss German if I need to or, or they can they can use their Swiss German if they just can't think of the word and then I can just, you know, translate it. So it's um, it's actually a quite a big benefit me knowing the local language because of the way that I give feedback to people during a conversation. Um, it allows me to quickly understand what they're saying. It allows me to, um, yeah, to give kind of like very specific feedback when 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 they don't know how to express themselves. So yeah. it's definitely a, a huge benefit, almost mm. a USP in a way. Yeah. Uh, of my service. Yeah. So, what's the number one thing you're struggling with right now? Number one thing I'm struggling with is um, well, actually, structure. I'm I'm. It's this is um, because I've kind of acknowledged the fact that I'm a business and it's not just a side hustle anymore. It's not uh, a hobby. It's it's a business. And um, I realized that. Well, actually, I realized if I were to take my work ethic into an office environment, I don't think my boss would be very happy with me because uh, I'm very easily distracted. If I don't feel like doing something, I'll sometimes I don't have that willpower to, to stay focused on the tasks that I don't like doing. But it's part of the job. It's part of the job um, anywhere. I even asked my students about their work ethic, and we realized if you're in an office or if you're self-employed, it's, it's this, you, you need that structure. Yeah. Um, so that's actually one of my, one of my biggest... I would say right now that's that's the one thing that's that's getting in the way of of me growing faster and making more progress. Is it is it like staying focused and, and being productive? Is that what staying you focused, yes, of course, yeah, yes. I think once I know what I what I need to do, or once I've decided to to focus on something, then it's not a problem. But um, when I feel like my to do list is seven pages long and it's just narrowing down, prioritizing. Um, 
you know, what, yeah, what, what should I be working on? Every time I find myself with two hours time, I panic and then I, I start doing something, but then I realize, oh, that's not what I should be doing. And then I do something else. And, uh, and then in the end, I never really get uh, much done in, in those two hours, uh, which then causes frustration and it's like a whole spiral. So it's, um, yes, that's definitely my challenge is to, is to, not panic about choosing one thing to work on yeah i mean i know what it is and i think our listeners also have you know also very familiar with this problem because you know the, the good thing the big benefit of running your own business is that you have the freedom to decide whatever you're going to work on right yes but the disadvantage yeah. that, that comes with that is um yeah too much freedom can mean that you're not focused enough and not focusing on the tasks that actually matter i think and I think I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before as well. What has helped really well for me is to to really think in advance, you know, to, to set goals, an annual goal, and to break that down to quarterly yes, exactly. goals, weekly yeah. goals. And then every week I only have a to-do list with only five tasks. Mm -hmm. I don't do more than five things every single week. Um, five big like, tasks, of course, not mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm. I don't know, like serious things, like for example, reaching out to five people for the for for a podcast interview, mm -hmm. or um, I don't know, launch a new program uh, mm -hmm. or, or something, or survey an audience, or send send out a survey, or send out a very important newsletter, whatever. Not more than five tasks. Like, have you have you tried that? To have you tried to limit your to do list? Um, yes, I, I have tried before. I mean, last last year I, I discovered, um, oh, I can't remember his name, um, but the guy who came up with like Get Things Done, uh, the Get Things Done movement. Um, oh, I think D David Allen was his name. Yeah. Um, you know, so I tried to do like the capture list where you kind of write down all of the things that you want to do. Yeah. And then from that capture list, you know, what can I get done in five minutes? What can I get? What's going to take me longer to do? So I tried to do that, but that didn't help me with, with prioritizing. Uh, that was definitely something that I, I struggled with. But actually what, what recently helped me was something that you talked about. I think it was in the first, yeah, the first podcast of this year where you talked about um, what you had just mentioned um, quarterly and then breaking those down. But from that, I think you had mentioned the important but urgent and then important but not urgent and I can't remember what the other two are. Yeah, um, not important and not urgent and not right, important so, but urgent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and, and so I've actually just focused on the first two. So what is important and urgent and what is important and not urgent and the important and not urgent tasks are the ones that, are, are, that focus most on growth, which is what my number one focus is for this year is, is growth. And yeah, that really... Yeah, so those are the tasks that are important and not urgent, right? Exactly. So, so for example, content creation. Like yeah, content, publishing content. a YouTube video. Like you're not going to get emails from angry people who say, hey, I was waiting for your video. I mean, the business is still, it's not going to cause any big problems. So it's not mm -hmm. urgent, but in the long mm -hmm. term, it's important, right? So, absolutely, absolutely. And that really, really gave me it. Um, uh, perspective on, on 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 how to prioritize hmm. uh, and that really helped me just relax and not cause any anxiety as to um, you know what I should be doing and so 
Um, I mean, I, it's just been two weeks, so I'm still very new um, yeah. uh, on this topic. But uh, that's that's actually how I've been now going about my, my day. So if I have time, I think, okay, what what's important and urgent and what's important and not urgent um, and how can I divide my time between those two yeah. Uh, categories? Yeah. Uh, and they always say that, I mean, like in startups, I just read a book recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forgot I the name, all, but all I think these, it was... All these books. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. all these books. I think it was like, oh, I have to look it up. I will add it in the uh, in the show notes. Um, okay. But I know that many, just from reading that many startups, they you know they, they do 50-50. So they spend 50% of the time on growth and 50% on on, on the product or just doing the actual work. Depends mm-hmm. a bit of you know what the service is or what the product is. I think for myself, I always try to spend at least 30% on, on growth. But I think as a minimum, you should be spending at least one day per week. So it's like eight hours per week on, on growth. On, on growth. That's, if, I mean, that's, if you want to grow, of course. And that's, that's something that I've been... Um, that's kind of what, what I've been trying to reach, or, yeah. you know, so, uh, but I think, I think I'm similar to you. So I spent about 30% starting this year. All right. So they're about 30% on growth. Cause of course I have my own clients. Um, so important and urgent are, are my clients, yeah. right? If yeah. I don't, if I don't tend to them, they're the ones that are going to start getting frustrated. Yeah. So I definitely have to spend a lot of my time on that. Um, but I also realized that if I want to spend time on the important and not urgent tasks, I need to block time in my calendar. Otherwise, it will never happen. I can't wait for my calendar to free up. I have to block time in my calendar for that. And that's what I've been doing. And that's that's how I've been able to create the videos and the blog posts that I've done so far. It's just four, but um, it's definitely been working. So what's your, your, I mean, if you're, of course, only if you're comfortable sharing, but what's your goal for, for this year? goal in 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 what sense business wise business wise um like you want to have you want to make double the amount of revenue or you ah, have I more see. clients or well um definitely yeah i mean growth that's my number one goal i i want to be overrun with clients <laughs> that's like um to fill my schedule uh, on the one hand i want to do that just so that i know i don't have to because if I don't have to worry about acquiring clients and if I have enough, you know, financial security, then it's so much easier to yeah, focus on, 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 on growth. And it gives me that space. It gives me the freedom to feel creative without feeling pressured. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, if I fill my schedule up, then it also means I have less time for growth tasks. So yeah. I'm not sure how, how that's going to work. It's, I'm just going to have to learn by doing, but definitely growth. Um, and it was very nice seeing you know it was my first year being completely self-employed and at the end of the year you know my accounting software showed me a number and said you know that was what i earned right and i was like holy moly okay that's pretty amazing it's a number that i that i can work with it's a number it's my first how do you say it's the it's like the number that the first time i saw a number that kind of that related to my 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 business so it's a number to start with, and I'd love to grow that number. Um, so, yes, that's that's kind of my my goal. It's just growth. It's traction. It's letting mm-hmm. letting people know that I'm here. So then, the first 
the first goal is to fill up your schedule and to to get too many clients basically right well i think i'm i'm kind of thinking of um i mean yes that's definitely a goal to fill up my schedule i mean i'd like to have more clients so that i feel better about raising my prices yeah so if i if i feel like you know i have clients and, and people want to work with me then um i can't see nine people a day that's that's crazy you know but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna have more clients and have room for growth, then I need to increase my prices. Yeah. So that I can I can spend less time seeing clients and and, and more time on on growth. Yeah. So now let's that's, say you you block off one day per week. Let's say you do that on Monday. Then how many hours? For how much more clients do you have time left? Well, if I um, I I try and see. Um, five to six clients a day. That's yeah. that's kind of what what I've calculated. Um, of course, if I take the Monday away, then I would have to add. Then I would have to make it six six to seven clients a day. Yeah. Current that, currently with my current prices. Is that is that doable? Um, yes. I mean, I think everything is doable. It's I'd, I'd have to see what kind of effect it has on my work life balance. Yeah. If if I do that. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. What about starting off with just you know half, blocking off half a day? So you you like you do Monday morning from eight. I don't know what time you start. Like, but let's say from eight to twelve, or from nine to one. Like you have mm -hmm. four hours where you where you spend spend time on growth. Is that is that doable? It's it is doable. I I did realize that um, my my most. I mean, yes, absolutely, and I think that's that's what I've been doing. So, for example, today I blocked off this morning, okay. uh, and uh, Tuesday mornings are my kind of two mornings that I try and avoid filling yeah. unless I unless I have to. But I always try and keep those free. Um, I also realize that I work psychologically. <laughs> Let's see if this makes sense. Psychologically, I I realize that if I work much better in the evening, I work best when I know that my clients, I've seen my clients, and now I'm free to do whatever I want. And so what I've started doing is actually, instead of blocking time in the mornings, I just block time after my last client for three okay. hours. And okay. I get I get a lot done. And there's something about when everything goes dark, and no one wants anything from you, that just allows me to completely be free in my own creativity and, and thoughts. Yeah. Well, it's good if you know that about yourself, because I know for me, it works best I'm, I feel that I'm the most productive in the morning, but if you say, well, you have if you have experimented with that and you know that in the evenings you get more stuff done and you have better peace of mind, you're more creative, less less stressed, mm -hmm. then, uh, yeah, then why not do it? I mean, it doesn't really matter if it's in the morning or in the evening or the afternoon, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. There's just something about the morning when I, I know that oh, I have to be creative and I have the whole rest of the day ahead of me versus... I've just done my day with my students. I've done the important and urgent stuff, and now I can just relax and focus on the important, not urgent tasks. And yeah. so that that's been working for me. Yeah. So the priority is to get more more clients. Then I mean, we're working backwards now, right? Yeah. So yeah. what are and we already talked about it, I guess. But what are yeah? How can you get? <laughs> what's the number one or top two, top three ways to get more clients? To get more clients. Um, so definitely hiring this SEO agency. Yeah. Um, so the, it was actually a huge coincidence. I just randomly got an email from a local business, and they have a half-off sale. So that's why I thought now is the time. Now is the time to do it. 
Um, so that that's a 12-month commitment, and they completely take apart your whole business and SEO strategies and and and, um, and have a look at that. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, content creation, because content creation um, helps me understand myself actually yeah. even better. I still, even after three years of 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 doing this, and uh, even after the first year of being completely self-employed, I still find it incredibly hard to talk about what it is that I do, mm-hmm. um, because I just haven't created content. And creating content really has been very insightful um, for for myself in in understanding what it is yeah. that I do. Because you have to define what it is you do, right? Like if you yeah. Absolutely. When you when you record a video, you know you, you should have a, a good opening line. Hey, this is Phil or Phil Conversations, and this is the number one place to be if you're Swiss German and you want to learn English, but you just you don't want to do it the normal way. You want to actually focus on conversation. Well, then this is the place to be. Phil's conversation. That's what exactly. we do. <laughs> so, 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 something, something like exactly. that. Exactly. But, but like even 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 sounding like that, I'm already like, oh, how much can I do that? You know, it's like. But yeah, of course. I mean, you can do it your own way. Some people like people who are like high energy, but you know, others might connect to people who are a bit more, um, well, who are less loud, who are calmer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and the only way for me to find out what you know what I am and what I like and how I do it is, is just by doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you need you to know, find your voice, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's. And I feel like now if I find my voice, that's the missing piece of the puzzle to really allow me to yeah. have the confidence to really push myself and and, and grow and, and yeah. convince people that I'm the person that can help them. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, I mean, I agree. I mean, I started, I've been, I started on YouTube, I think like the language boost YouTube channel is about like 12 years old or 11 years old. I it's mean, amazing. the first language video, I think I uploaded that like six years ago or something. And mm. at the beginning, you know, you, you, you're not sure if people are going to like it and you have to think and, you know, you're, you're constantly looking for your voice. But once you've found that, then you just become more relaxed and mm-hmm. it just becomes more natural and, and, and easier and it, I think I think you said it more natural is is and e- like when I the first video that I made um, on, on YouTube or the first the first video I made on YouTube where I very consciously was making a video for my business um, which was just at the end of last year I I I kept in the parts where I was like trying <laughs> like just trying to start the video and and trying experimenting with with how to start the video because I felt like um, it's a process that everyone goes through when they when they challenge their comfort zone you have to try and, and find your voice yeah uh, when it comes to languages or presenting yourself hmm. um, and yeah that's really helped me do that so far cool any other things or you know things that you want to share with 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 all the langpreneurs who are who are struggling or i mean when i talk to um people in, in the in the when I talk to other teachers or other, you know, people in the community here in Zurich who would like to start an online business, um, I think the one thing I find myself telling everybody is try not to compare yourself to others, and 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 realize that the market is absolutely gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, there's enough people for everyone, so I never focused on the competition. I felt like 
um, people come to me because they like me and um, or they, they like me and you know they, they like they, they connect with me yeah. and um, as, as long as I focus on on, on that connection and, and that's why I spent so much time on my website because I felt like the website was the one place that I could um, express myself and it's yeah. a, it was two years ago I decided you know I'm not going to make a website for anyone but myself yeah. I, I love my website I think my website is beautiful I love what I say on it it's a constant work in progress. I think that's important too. You know, never think that what you're going to do is 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 going to is going to stay the same for a year. Or that's my experience. I've changed yeah. my website so many times, my message. Um, so it's really important to be open to change, and um, and present yourself the way that that you like to, because that's what people will will connect with in yeah. this. Maybe competitive business. Maybe one more thing that you know that that I have learned, or maybe that all of us have learned in in the group coaching as well. For example, is that you know if you are a teacher, if you are just you know a, a freelance teacher, or mm-hmm. you know you teach on Italki or on another platform, that's not a sustainable business, right? Because you're always going to be competing to other people on that platform exactly. and with Absolutely. or with other. With, with other teachers in general so what we have to do as, as langpreneurs you know, everybody who wants to build a sustainable business you have to the only way to to raise your prices or to to work less is to stand out from and have people go to you instead of somebody else is to is to is to stand out and to create a following all right and mm-hmm. and and even, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think that was it. <laughs> and, and, and I, I think I, I think that's also what you and also other people in the group coaching realize. Like, wait, I don't have what I have is actually not a business. I'm just teaching. If I want to build a business, I need to to build a crowd of people that is uh, that's hungry and that wants to buy from me. And you know that way, I'm going to stand out from the competition. And then, when you have all those clients, you can raise your prices. Or maybe, if you want to teach less, you can think about you know selling digital products, or maybe hiring other teachers who can then help you. Um, mm-hmm. Important to connect, connect with your audience, and um, and I feel that's best done by just being yourself, not comparing yourself to other people, not being worried about competition. Um, learn from your competition. You know, see what's out there. Be inspired by other people. Uh, Yes, be open for for feedback um, and try and get as much of it as possible if it's from your clients or from friends or from uh, from anyone. But um, always, I find that I always listen to myself. That's yeah. kind of, that's kind of, you got, I have to do, if it's not fun, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to want to mm-hmm. do it. So, so ideally it's an over, it's something that overlaps what you like, what the market needs and and something that you are good at right and that could be that could be your niche maybe that's you know that's the place where we have to start as as langpreneurs or expiring langpreneurs okay what is i think in your case you're a native english speaker you live in zurich and you you have teaching skills you make people feel comfortable you have that approach right if you combine Mm -hmm. all those things that's that's your niche and then of course once you have defined that you you need to find you need to start attracting people right so you need to yeah. start creating content for that very specific group of people that you like serving um if you want to build 
a sustainable business. I think so. And, and, and what I'm also realizing is that I, you know, people can, I mean, it's, it's the way that business works. I have to sell myself just as much as I have to sell the business and, yeah. and, and putting myself out there, which is something that I feel very uncomfortable doing, but, um, knowing that, that it's helping me understand myself better. So it's, it's kind of a, a win-win situation. Um, uh, I find that that really works. Yeah. Well, thank you, Phil. Share, thank you yes. for sharing some of your, um, well, your story, your experiences, the lesson that you have learned. Um, if people want to learn more about you, where can they, where can they find you? Um, all over uh, the internet, I guess. So, philsconversation dot com is my is my website and my business and LinkedIn. I very much enjoy connecting with people on LinkedIn if they can find me and start a conversation. Uh, yeah, let's. Let's connect everyone because that's that's what's going to help us in our industry grow and be successful. Great. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you like this episode, then please give this podcast a positive review in the app, wherever, whatever app that you're using. That's going to help us grow the podcast and do more awesome things for you on the show if you want to listen to other episodes resources and um, you know maybe join one of our future events and go to langpreneur.com uh, we also do help some of the biggest names in our industry to scale their six and seven figure businesses so if you want us to help you out with that then just uh, go to the website or just send me a dm on instagram at the langpreneur look forward to hearing from you and see you on the next episode